going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Breaking the Goal Line Podcast. I am your host, as always, Russell Goddard, coming to you live on a Friday morning. Uh, we're going to get into that Thursday night game last night. That Thursday night game where the Steelers actually had a chance with two seconds left to win that football game after being down 29 to nothing halfway through the third quarter. It was... Uh, it, it, we're, we'll dive in it. We'll get into that right off the top, and we'll we'll dive into this week's games. Lots of good games. Some big games, divisional games, uh, the, the late games. We got four late games again. I guess Roger Goodell really decided to listen to me and just go, hey, we're just going to go off. We're just going to go four late games. So good slate of games. Monday night's going to be good. Rams, Cardinals, Sunday night. Probably not going to be as good uh, Bears-Packers, but there's a chance that Justin Fields starts. Uh, so, I mean, I guess that's that, that's a positive, right? I mean, no Andy Dalton is a positive for the Bears. You want to get Fields on the field. So we'll dive into all that. Look at that. Look at week 14. I can't believe it's already week 14, folks. It's already week 14. Uh, this is just, it's coming and going quick, and you better, you better be along for the ride because next thing you know, you're going to look up and whoop, Bill Belichick probably won a Super Bowl. But before we get into last night's game, folks, before we get into week 14, unfortunately, the NFL, the Denver Broncos and the Thomas family had a tragedy last night, yesterday. Not exactly sure, but I I think I think everyone knows by now. If you don't, um, former first round draft pick for the Denver Broncos, Demarius Thomas, was found dead in his home. Um, You know, not not really sure what's they're they're thinking medical reasons. Uh, When I was reading the article looks like his cousin that they're really good close friend says he started having seizures over the last year um so could have and he apparently he's had some in the shower before they're not too sure when he died but it's just a bad deal here that ADA DT um honestly one of the best wide receivers I've ever seen play the game um has passed at the age of 33 so young I mean he's only he's only five he's only like four or five years older than me and my buddies I mean I remember when he got drafted we were in high school and it, it, he was a stud right off the gate. And I think Peyton Manning, who actually talked about him a few weeks ago when he was on Monday Night Football with Eli, he talked about what a great teammate he was. And here he is just a few weeks later, and unfortunately he's passed. And everything that I'm reading from Peyton, from the Broncos, from everything is DT was great. He was fantastic. And every, but he was just he was just such a better p- person than he was a player. And he was a Hall of Fame type of player. He really was, folks. And he was just a better person. And it's a bad deal. It's a bad deal. 33 years old. I think he has. I think he had a daughter. And to go so young, medical issues, I hope it comes out. And, you know, it's it's maybe something they maybe they something comes. I don't know. I don't think it, I don't think I want it to be something they could have caught because it's sad. I definitely don't want it to have the seizures to have anything to do with his head injuries that maybe he sustained in football because every time that that happens and one of these players go and each time it's a head or a seizure it's tough and we over and I'm and I'm I'm somebody that talks about football I mean I do this for a living pretty I don't maybe not for a living I mean it's not like I'm making Joe Rogan money over here but I put out two three podcasts a week I talk football I watch every single game. I criticize these players. I praise these players. I, I look into their personal lives. I, I, I mean, and then some, and we think that they're just on the field and they're invincible and they're just going to go out there and they're NFL players and they get all this money, but they're real people too. And it's, it's a bad deal. And I needed to give Demarius Thomas the respect he deserved and I needed to open the show. And I know it's sad. And I'm sorry that I'm opening the show on something that's, 
that's pretty pretty horrible actually it's 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 it kind of shook me this morning i mean dt33 was a great player was a great person and like i said he's just not he's not that much older than me and me and my friends and and we all played football we watched him play football and it's you know my heart goes out to the, to his family my heart goes out to his his former teammates um i know peyton posted something this this morning and it seems like he's He's pretty devastated right now, and you know when when a when a, when a person dies on this earth, and that's the only thing that's slit, that's the only thing that's that's guaranteed in this in this world is death and, and taxes, but death. And when someone dies in this world, it's sad no matter what. It's it's a loss of life. That is a human being, a special human being that is no longer with us anymore. But when it's somebody that's close to you, and someone that people just renowned is such a great person that just brings joy to their lives, it's it's got to be tough. And I and and I know that a, a football locker room makes you way closer than uh, than just being friends on the street. I'm gonna tell you that right now. Now I know you know anybody that hasn't been in a football locker room or a sports locker room, you're probably great friends with your best friend. But I promise, there's a difference when you're next to that person and you are bleeding, you are crying, you are sweating, you are screaming, you you are you're happy together. You sell it. It's just it creates this bond. My heart goes out for DT. My heart goes out for his former teammates. My heart goes out for the players. It's a bad deal. It really is. And you know what, D? I'm going to keep you in my thoughts for the rest of the season. I hope the Broncos make a playoff push for you, buddy, because that would be fucking cool, man. That would be cool. Rest in peace, 88. Rest in peace. Quick moment of silence for Demarius Thomas. Alrighty, folks, and let's jump right into last night's football game. I mean, an absolute thriller from the jump, wasn't it? Just toe-to-toe the whole way. It was like a heavyweight fight. No, actually, it was not. It was not. Minnesota beat the shit out of this Pittsburgh Steelers team for three and a half quarters. Honest, uh, well, uh, two, two and a, I guess for three full quarters. I mean, they did score in the third quarter, but pretty much three full quarters. This almost three full quarters, this Vikings team beat the shit out of them at home. They were averaging 10 yards a carry. The Vikings went up 29 to nothing. And it was halfway through the third when they went up 29 to nothing. The Steelers could not move the ball. It, it was, it was, it, it, their, their offensive line was atrocious. Their defense, and I know they have some injuries, and I understand TJ went out a little bit early. And that's a huge thing for that. But come on, even when TJ was in there, they were getting railed. And they were just, Dalvin Cook, off of a dislocated shoulder, was supposed to miss two to three games, only misses one, and then comes out and runs for over 200 yards on you. He, he, he had like 20 carries and 205 yards. He's averaging over, he was averaging over 10 yards a carry. You just let him come in there and smash you? That It was, it was, in the deep, I don't know, other than Mika Fitzpatrick last night, I didn't think this, I didn't think. The secondary played good at all, at all. I thought it was horrible defense. Other than Mika, I thought it was horrible back end for the Steelers. It ho- that the, 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 first of all, Vikings are up twenty nine to nothing. Okay, then finally, 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 the Steelers get a little life. They punch one in. Finally, they don't even. It's not like finally they score. They finally actually moved the football, right? Because they they couldn't. They were getting in punting, getting in punting. Now they get the ball. They score. That's fine. Like, okay, it's 27 to 9. This game's not going to be any close. It's fine. Oh, what do you know? Kirk Cousins throws a pick. And then the Steelers score. Okay. 
all right. And I'll take uh, the Najee Harris scored the first one. I think Deontay, what, Deontay Johnson scored the second one, right? Fantasy points right there. I was all happy. You know, my bet wasn't going to hit no under. And it was, I think, I think, what was it? Five minutes, five, in a five-minute stretch, five minutes, the Steelers scored three touchdowns. So from just under halfway, I think there was what? I think there was maybe four, like four, like four and some change on the clock when they scored their first touchdown. Four and some change. They scored their third touchdown in the fourth quarter with just under, I think it was like probably like 14, 50 left. So they barely just scored at the start. But it made it 21 to 29. And we're starting the fourth quarter. No, they didn't. I'm sorry. didn't make it 21-29 because they went for two and didn't get it. Made it 20 to 29 starting the fourth quarter. This was a brand new football game. How, how in the hell? Could somebody who watched that game, please tell me. How in the hell were the Pittsburgh Steelers be able to win this football game? How how were they in position? And then they go, and now it's 29-21. You thinking, okay, the Steelers need to stop. They can score. Let's go. We they can do this. Well, I mean, big play. Big play is like a 60-yard freaking bomb to Osborne. Again, a horrible. You know, you can say maybe he pushed a little bit. I don't think so. When you're one-on-one downfield like that, no way. The coverage wasn't very good. The coverage was not. I don't know what he was trying to do. And it, it was a good throw by Kirk Cousins. And I thought that sealed it. I thought that was it. You know, it was 36 to 20. I thought I was like, oh, it's done. Then the Steelers get the ball back. Ben marches right down the field. Ben marches right down the field. And then they don't do anything with it. And then Cousins throws a pick and the Steelers score. What the fuck is happening? I was going crazy. And then they get the two-point conversion. And it's 28 to 36. After Ben got the ball back, after the Vikings, he couldn't score. They had to punt. Cousins throws a pick. Cousins throws a pick, which I think was his, what, second or third? of the, I know it was at least two. He might have thrown three in this game. Throws a pick. You give the ball back. And then they score. This game is nuts. They get the two-point conversion. It's 28-36. Dalvin Cook had a hell of a fucking game. But down there at the stretch of the game, the Vikings are trying to ice it. They're, they're, the Steelers' run defense finally steps up, makes it a third and six. And then on third and six, Cousins tries to throw an out route, incomplete, way too far, not a good pass. They throw the flag. They pick it up. Right call, by the way. You pick up that flag that was not a penalty. Any Vikings fans that's listening right now, Mika Fitzpatrick, on that out route that he tried to throw for the first down, that last that was not a penalty. It was a good pickup. Then Ben gets the ball back, and the Steelers got a chance. The Steelers got a chance with two seconds from, like, what were they, like the 10-yard line? And Pat Fryermuth drops the ball. I don't know if it was a drop. I think it was more of a punch out by Harrison Smith for the Vikings, and the Vikings win this absolutely insane second half of football. It's just absolutely insane second half of football. If Pat, Pat almost caught that ball. I thought he was. Now the Patriots, uh, the Patriots, the Steelers would still, sorry that I call you Steelers fans. I'm sorry that I just called you the Patriots. Uh, the Steelers would still have to go for two because they'd still be down two, but at least Pat would have caught it. They'd had two point conversion play. We'd go to overtime. Holy shit, that would have been insane. How are the Steelers even in position to win this football game? This was nuts. That first half was I was I was writing I, I was making notes. Then that first half that it was probably the worst first half of football I have ever seen Mike Tomlin coach. I have ever seen a Mike Tomlin team ever play a worst half. Not I, I didn't put first half. I put half worst half of football. It was horrible. It was bad. It was it, their defense was bad, getting gashed. Their offense was dropping balls and couldn't. And their their offensive line, the, the Steelers' offensive line, folks, 
it's atrocious. And everyone, and all these Steeler fans, and everyone wants to keep telling me that it's Big Ben, it's Big Ben, it's Big Ben, it's Big Ben. And I've definitely been the one that has said, you know, it's time for Big Ben to go. He's he's not an elite quarterback anymore, which he's not. It's time to go. This should be his last year, which it's going to be. It's time to go. I don't know if Big Ben can win you games. I, I, I'm i one that says that. But when you look up, who has the ball in their hands with positions to win the game against the Chargers and positions to win the game against the Vikings when they had no business? Who was throwing over 300 yards and three touchdowns and literally was 70% last night? I don't know. Ben Roethlisberger? Like, I I, I I actually am a little shocked sometimes when Ben comes out and he has the games that he does. But why should I be? He's a Hall of Famer. It's still Ben Roethlisberger. People, go look at ben, Ben's line last night. Go look at it in both halves. It's not like, oh, yeah, well, he was complete trash in the first, and then he was really good. In this. That's not what it was. I mean, going into, I think going into that last drive, he only had eight incompletions. Like, going into that last drive, only, I, think, I think that's what it was. Eight incompletions. Like, he played a pretty good ball game, folks. And, and, and when you need the ball in his hands to, to, to win you a football game, the fourth quarter comeback, I mean, there's really nobody better in Steeler history than Ben Roethlisberger to have that football. So, it wasn't on Ben last night, folks. was not on Ben. This offensive line is atrocious. They cannot run block or pass block anybody. It is so bad. The amount of free blitzes that I saw by Harrison Smith, that I saw by Kendricks, uh, and then their defensive lineman, the defensive tackle, had a free run at Ben in the game. It's like the center and the guard just went, ole, we don't want to block him. There you go. And they just ran right through. Multiple times, Ben just got annihilated by just a free blitzer. By, and, and when you look at the replay, it's like three guys are blocking one dude. What we can't call out, protection? Like, you don't know what we're doing here? You can't slide a protection either way. You can't call out a double team to take on the incoming blitz. All right, hey, let's double team. Backer's going to come. Safety's going to come. Push off. You give Ben a pocket to step up. I thought it was one of the worst offensive line plays I have seen in the NFL in quite some time last night. But Mike Tomlin in the locker room had to have something going for these boys because they came out in the second half. And I know they started a little slower, but their defense was looking better. Their offense was looking better, and finally they started getting going. Now, they didn't have – there was no reason the Steelers should have even been in contention. And if you're a Steeler fan, you shouldn't feel like that. You should not feel like you were in that football game. You should not feel happy that Ben Roethlisberger had a throw to Pat Fryermuth that if he would have caught, maybe you tie that football. You should not be happy about this. You should be devastated by this. This was an awful performance. I mean an awful performance. It just was. You, yeah, look, Minnesota, Minnesota's got their own issues, and we're going to get to Minnesota in a second, but we're focusing on the Steelers' side. What the fuck are you doing? I, I, how do you win a game against a divisional opponent on Sunday? Know that you have a short week. Come into a football game, and you're that flat. Now, that's some of that's on Tomlin, for sure. So, and a lot of that's on the players, because if you looked at them, where was the energy? The only energy you had from the Steelers pretty much was Chase Claypool dancing and talking shit after every pass he catches. Have you guys noticed that? That every ball that this kid catches, it doesn't matter if it's the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. doesn't matter how much time's on the clock. doesn't matter if you're in two-minute offense. It doesn't matter if you're down and trying to win a football game. He is going to celebrate. He is going to make it about himself some way, somehow. This, I almost threw my remote at a TV for a player that's not, I'm not even a Steeler fan. I can't even imagine what Steeler fans were doing when Chase Claypool 
Caught the fourth and two pass last night as the Steelers were on their 96-yard drive to tie to tie this football game. He catches a first down pass on fourth down, a slant route that Ben just put right in his breadbasket. All he had to do was catch it and immediately hit the ground. And what does he do? He gets up and he just gets on his knees and he starts doing the first down signal while everybody else is scrambling around him. His own offensive lineman had to literally pick him up and carry him somewhere else to say, get the fuck out of our way. We need to snap the ball. Chase Claypool is an idiot. He has no idea. He has no sense of football in his life. He doesn't know his surroundings. He's so fucking talented. It's insane. But the dude's a moron. And I'm sorry, that shit would not fly in my team. You think Bill Belichick would let that shit fly? Absolutely not. You shit, you would not play next week. You'd be like Nikhil Harry and every fucking play that you would be on the field, you're blocking. You do not do that when we're trying to win a football game. You do not signal first down. You do not in the first quarter have a fucking taunting call because this dude's talking shit so you hit him in the face mask. You, sir, are a 23-year-old absolutely immature kid that doesn't know how to handle life. And Tomlin, you need to figure that out. This is on you, Tomlin. This one's on you, buddy. This Chase Claypool is on you. You need to figure him out because he's going to lose you football games and he's going to piss some Steeler fans off. I already know. My buddy's pissed. He's, he's, he's ready for Chase's head. He is ready for that motherfucker's head. He doesn't care how good he is. He doesn't care. He compared him to Antonio Brown. He said he's starting to see a lot of Antonio Brown antics-wise. Right. And and the dude's got and talent like Antonio Brown. He doesn't have Antonio Brown talent, but the dude's got talent. But he's starting to see some antics like Antonio Brown and he doesn't give a fuck. He, he doesn't care. Steeler fans don't care. This is Steeler country. We don't do that shit. You don't signal first down when Ben Roethlisberger and your offensive line, who can barely run anyway, are trying to haul their ass to get to the ball to run a play so you can win a football game, Chase. You're all about yourself, dude. You are all about yourself. You will always only ever be about yourself, and you will not get another contract on the Pittsburgh Steelers because the Steelers do not sign wide receivers who are all about themselves like that. Now, I know you could say they signed Antonio Brown. However, they gave Antonio Brown that extension before Antonio Brown was Antonio Brown act antics. They gave him that extension after they left some wide receivers go. He had that one really good year. They said, okay, we're going to sign you. They gave him like a three-year deal. Then after, I think it was after a year and a half into that, when he had two seasons of a thousand yards and a hundred catches, they gave him another deal. And then the antics started. Chase is a, Chase is a second year player. He's been doing this for two years. He's just over here dancing on every catch, every single catch, Chase. You're going to get cut if you don't stop. Tomlin, you need to nip this shit in the butt. Fucking, that was ridiculous. One of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. And for the Minnesota Vikings side, honestly, my biggest takeaway of this entire game, and and and, and it just it just is. This is a fact. And this is just the biggest takeaway of the game is Mike Zimmer needs to be fired at the end of the season. That's the bottom line. This Minnesota Vikings team needs to fire Mike Zimmer. He is done. Absolutely done. I have watched over his entire tenure of being the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, him let team constantly at fourth quarter after fourth quarter after fourth quarter come back and beat him or come back and be in position like the Steelers were last night. When you're up 29 to nothing, when your running back, who's one of the best in the league, if not the best in the league, goes for 200 yards and two touchdowns, you barely win this football game? That is culture. That is being able to finish. That is coaching. 
that is heart. That is dedication. That is all that to go. You can't finish games. You can't. Mike Zimmer has never been able to finish football games as a head coach. Never. To me, I'm sorry. You're gone. That game, I don't care that you won that football game last night. I would have cared if you won that game. If you would have won that game 30, what was it? Uh, 36 to 10. Okay. That's different. But it was a completely sec. It was a, it was like a new game. It wasn't even a new game. It was a new quarter. Almost all this happened in one quarter. It all happened in 20 minutes. It all happened in a, in less than a quarter and a half. All of it. Less than a quarter and a half. That is unacceptable and absolutely outrageous for a team that I just keep hearing about every year is good, has got talent and talent, and it's going to make a playoff push and is better what they are. Now they got this win and they needed it. Very good. Now you're back to six and seven. Still probably an outside chance of making the playoffs. But I don't care if they make the playoffs. I don't care if they go to the NFC Championship. They are going to fire. They should. They need to fire Mike Zimmer. It's over. It's over. You don't let this happen constantly. Do you think, and I'm sorry, but this is, I don't even think this is an opinion. I think this is a fact. If Bill Belichick, if Mike Tomlin last night had a 29-point lead for the Pittsburgh Steelers over the Minnesota Vikings, 29-0 to zero, with four minutes to go in the third quarter, do you think the Steelers even remotely come close to losing that football game? Let me answer it for you here, folks, because the answer is no, they do not. They beat the living shit out of them for the rest of the game. Maybe the Vikings score in the fourth quarter. Maybe they score 14 points, but it would probably be something like 36 to 14, not 36 to 28 with Ben Roethlisberger able to throw the game, hopefully game tying touchdown pass to Brad Firemuth who almost got it. It's just a ridiculous showing here by the Minnesota Vikings in the second half of this game. And this is what they've shown. And this is who they've been there since Mike Zimmer's been there. And that's where they're continuing going to be. You got to let Mike Zimmer go. You just do. It's over for this. You have a talented football team. You got to get another coach in here. You got to make a push. It doesn't happen with Zimmer. It doesn't happen with this GM. It's just not happening. Alrighty, let's jump into Sunday's action. We have our early game slate. We're going to go here, start with New Orleans traveling to the Jets, taking on them in the Meadowlands. Look, this game, <laughs> I, I don't even know what the Saints have anymore. I don't. I mean, they're going to start Taysom Hill. The Jets are going to start uh, Zach Wilson, <coughs> who apparently had the best game of his career, you know, last week, even though they lost. Yeah, it is what it is. The Jets aren't very good. But you know what? The Saints aren't very good either. I honestly don't know. I, either team can win this football game. Taysom Hill is not a true starting quarterback. Now, maybe maybe he was just, you know, I know he was injured, so maybe he just needs a little bit, and maybe he can get a rhythm and a groove. He, he's dynamic. He can use his legs. It's not like he can't throw. He can throw. It's not like he's Cam Newton. No, he can throw. He can throw a football. He's not the most accurate. He's not the biggest. He's not the biggest arm. He's not going to give you like a 15-yard skinny post that's going to drop the dude right in the bucket or nothing. But, you know, you can win some games if you're Sean Payton. You could. This game, though, I don't really know. Jets could pull this game out. The Saints aren't very good, folks. Let's let's be honest here. They're not a very good football team. Their defense is old. It is. Now, it's good, but it's old. And you see that a lot of times. It just is. Falcons going to the Panthers. I mean, what, what what do we say about this? Uh, Cam Newton's going to start again, apparently. He's going to get to start. Uh, at this point, you have to, right? Because you brought him in for some energy. <laughs> P.J. Walker kind of sucks. Sam Darnold's still hurt. So you got to roll with Cam, and you got to hope that maybe he can make a spark or two happen. Uh, you're at home. Your defense is good, right? 
but you got the Falcons coming in, who are fucking terrible. But occasionally, occasionally, Cordell Patterson, Kyle Pitts, Matt Ryan, and that offense can get going. Now, their defense is horrendous. I, I don't see this. I, I don't know the under, un, under over on this game. But uh, I don't know. I kind of like the under. It's probably be a low-scoring game. But you never know. Probably like one of those fucking weird games. It's like 38 to 42. <laughs> Two bad teams here. Two bad teams. Panthers are not making the playoffs. Listen, I know a lot of you Panther fans still think that there's hope and you got Cam back and you're going to be fine. We got the defense. We got Cam. We're going to the playoffs. No, you're not. Why would you want to go to the playoffs? Your team needs a lot of help. Don't go to the playoffs. Get rid of Cam. Just let Sam play so you can get a worse spot. I mean, actually, no. Let Cam play so you can get a worse spot. He's clearly, clearly the worst quarterback on that team. Uh, Seahawks traveling to the Texans. The Seahawks... Look, they got a bounce back win against, I don't even know if it's a bounce. You can't call it a bounce back. They got a win. They finally got a win last week against the Niners. Horrible showing by Kyle Shanahan and the Niners. But the Seahawks, they looked a little bit better. Russ looked a little bit better. Still hurt, though. This Texans team, look, they're not as they're not good. And the Seahawks, they're not good either. And now Jamal Adams is out for the season, by the way. And I saw that. Jamal Adams now is out for the season. This now, it's over. It's over. It's over for Seahawks fans. It's over. It is the worst trade in the history of the NFL. Easily. You gave up two first-round draft picks for this guy. That can't stay healthy, apparently. Right? Doesn't He He has his career-high interceptions. He's a safety and has his career-high interceptions this year with two. The thing that he was supposed to be so good at is playing in the box and getting sacks. He has no sacks this year. Zero. He is making absolutely no plays for this football team. He is horrible in coverage, and now he's out for the season. This was honestly, in my opinion, now you could probably got to do a deep dive, but I'm going to say it's probably the worst trade in NFL history. And I, I know that there's been some bad ones, but this is horrendous. Horrendous. Pete's got to go. Russ probably goes. Honestly, the Texans probably win this football game. The Seahawks are in shambles. They got a, I, 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 I'm not going to say it's a lucky win because no win in the NFL is lucky, but it was a divisional opponent. I don't know what the hell the Niners were doing. The Seahawks aren't a very good team, but either are the Texans. Whoever plays hard, whoever plays the hardest is going to win this football game because Russ clearly isn't healthy. Raiders traveling to Arrowhead take on the Chiefs. Nice little AFC West, mess, blah, 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 blah. AFC West matchup here. And this is a good, this is a big one for the Raiders. The Raiders, they got to get this win because they got to keep pace to try to, if they want to win the division, which I don't think they can, but they got They want to make the playoffs and you got to beat AFC teams. You can't just go on like a losing streak. You got to beat AFC teams. You lost last week at home. You got to go to Arrowhead. You got to get this win if you're Derek. I don't know if Darren Waller is going to be back yet. Josh Jacobs seems like he's healthy. Kenyon Drake uh, reports should be healthy. Uh, I, I don't really know. And the Chiefs offense, not like they're being, you know, not blowing anybody out. They're not putting up 30. They're still trying to struggle and figure it out. Now their defense, they've been the number one defense for two months. I don't know if anybody's noticed that. It's the, that That's a fact, though. The Chiefs defense has been the number one defense in the NFL for the last two months. They have been absolutely, they just completely switched and killed people. They, they That's what, they're killing people on defense now. They were giving up all this shit, and that was the reason why they were losing, right? Well, now it's the reason why they're winning. Their offense is not clicking. It's not right there yet. But they're playing such good defense. And as soon as this offense can just get going, they can maintain that. Andy Reid going to be having them boys ready. 
Ravens at the Browns, uh, another divisional opponent here. This is, I mean, it's a, it's a good divisional week. And a lot of these games, Raiders, Chiefs, uh, Ravens, Browns, I think there's a, like, uh, was, what's the other, Rams, Cardinals, right? Uh, Bears, Packers. A lot of these are for the division and playoff. I mean, you, you, you not only are you trying to beat this team because you want to win the division, but it's kind of a must win against an AFC opponent that could also make the playoffs. So you need to win these games. It's He's are big. So Ravens at the Browns. Look, I know the Browns are beat up right now. Baker's hurt. I get it. He's still, you know, pretty average. The Ravens, they are all sorts of banged up too. I mean, they do not, I don't even, I can't even name you their starting cornerbacks now. They are really fucked in the back end. And their defense, their, their, uh, their, their rush defense wasn't very good to start, and now their pass defense probably going to be worse. Uh, their offense still trying to get clicking. Their run game can't really get going. Lamar hasn't. Lamar is pretty much their run game, which he always is, but usually they get going more out of the backfield, and they just haven't really clicked yet. I, this I don't know. I don't think I don't think the Ravens are all that great. I think the Ravens are a good team. I think they're a solid team. Looks like they can win this division and make the playoffs. Sure, they, they are good enough for that. But are they some kind of great team? I don't think so. But I know they're better than the Browns. I know they're better than this fucking Browns team that we've seen. That we've seen. And I know he's hurt. We got injuries. Ross Baker's shoulder. Even with Baker healthy, he was ass. You were losing, not winning. He's a loser. I'm sorry, Baker. Not like you're a loser as a person, you know, I mean, maybe in college, but you're a loser in the NFL. Go look at it. He's got a losing record. That's not, I'm not saying an opinion. It's a fact. When I say he's a loser, it means he's got a losing record. Go look it up. He's 28 and 29 in the NFL. That's a losing record. If anything, if anything, it's like, oh, Russ, it's only one game. Why are you being so hard? Well, then he's average. Then he's average. Average. I, 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 don't, I don't, see, I'm not into average quarterbacks. That's not my thing. I don't like above or below average. I like great and good, <laughs> you know, because not everyone can be great, but I like good, you know, I like good, but I like great. And I like super freak, like Mahomes and Rogers, you know, I, I, and, and fucking Brady's a super freak at 75 years old, still playing. I don't like average quarterbacks. And that's what I get with Baker. I don't know. The, the Ravens, I, I, the Ravens probably come in here and get this win. They get this win, it's it's it'd be big. I mean, with with Steelers losing, with them beating the Browns, Cincinnati's probably going to be their only, and even them, it's like I don't know. This this division is so up in the air, so up in the air. Because all it takes is one team to go on a little roll and they'll lock it up. But all four teams can kind of just stumble down the stretch, and any one of these teams actually can look up and be like. Oh, wow, we're all only going to win nine or ten games? Oh, okay, well, I guess one of us is going to win this division, and no one else probably makes the – well, no one else I don't think will make the playoffs then. This division is going to be tight down the stretch. But if the Ravens or the Bengals can go on a little – the Bengals can beat the, the Niners this week, that would be big. That would be big. Really, really big. But the Ravens need a win here against the Browns. Uh, Cowboys going to Washington, another divisional opponent. Another thing for the division here. Washington has only divisional games left. And if they win out, it doesn't matter what anybody else in the NFC East does. The Washington football team will win the division. Now, are they going to win out, folks? I don't think they're going to win out. But can they win this game? Yes. Do I think they're going to win this game? Yes. 
I don't care that Randy Gregory is back. I don't care that Amari Cooper is back. I don't care that the Cowboys are full go. We're finally healthy. We haven't been healthy since week eight or whatever they say, right? We haven't been there. Now we're back. We're ready to take on Washington. No, 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 no. See, you're going to Landover, and there's this kid that plays quarterback for the Washington football team who is feeling himself more than anybody in the NFL, and he fucking should. You got a coach, Ron Rivera, who's a cancer survivor who knows a thing or two about what it takes to be tough and have a football team that's all flashy dancy come in here and smash them in the mouth I think that's what you get I don't think the Cowboys can play smash mouth football because Zeke Elliott can't run anymore and Tony Pollard while I like him he's not a smash mouth player Dak Prescott I don't know what's happened oh clearly the calf injuries has bothered him because he hasn't looked the same am I going to get full healthy CD lamb is I don't know Amari Cooper is he going to come back and be good Michael Gallup seems like he's getting back and healthy. Is that offensive line going to hold up? What about defense? We go on Randy Gregory, just supposed to come back and just supposed to dominate. Maybe he will. Maybe he does. Maybe he's Dalvin Cook. I don't know. But I do know that this Washington team is not just going to fucking lay over for you, Dallas. You think you're just going to come in here because your Dallas Cowboys full hung and go and just going to walk over this team? I don't think so. I have Washington football team winning this game. I have them winning. This. I have Ron Rivera going for five in a row. Five in a row. They're going to get to seven and six. And they're going to have a shot at this division. Not only at this division, they're going to have a shot at the playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs more than likely. Wouldn't that be fucking something? Let's go Washington. Give me a little Heineke action. And last early game of the day, we gave me Jags at the Titans. Um, I don't expect this one to be very close. Jaguars are bad. (laughs) And as the season's gone on, we've just realized that, yeah, they're just, just a really bad team. They don't have anybody. They don't got any talent. Trevor Lawrence still really needs to develop. Urban Meyer doesn't really yet know what he's doing. And even though Tennessee doesn't have Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill's not going to have A.J. Brown or Julio Jones, it doesn't seem like they really have anybody. They're still a really good coach football team. Their defense is still good and can get after it when they need to. Now, divisional matchup, and maybe Tennessee just isn't real. Maybe they were real in the beginning. Maybe this Derrick Henry and the A.J. Brown and the Julio Jones injuries, maybe they all start catching up. I mean, all these dudes are on IR. I mean, they're all like all three of the best three offensive weapons. They're not even playing. But Jacksonville is horrible. And I like Vrabel. He's a good coach. I think they get this win here. And they, they, they try to keep afloat until maybe they can get something together. Because right now, Tennessee does not have it together. If they, the playoffs started, they'd get beat. They'd get beat. Just would. Let's go to the late games. Uh, a team that got their first win of the season last year. A team that is riding high coming into Denver. That is Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions taking on Teddy Bridgewater, Vic Fangio, and that amazing Denver defense in mile high. Lions got a win last week. They, they, I mean, they pulled it out against the Vikings, and it was the scene in the locker room was awesome. Dan Campbell, that scene on the sideline was great. It, it, they were just jumping around. It, were, they were having a great time. It Look, it has to suck to not win one single game in the NFL, and they won one. And they might only win one, but they won one and they tied one. So you can look at it and be like, listen, we won one and we tied one. We're a shitty team and we know it, but we're getting there. They're, we're in every single football game and they're going to be in this one too. They are. Now this Broncos defense, I expect them to clamp up, clamp up, beat the shit out of Jared Goff, beat the crap. Bronco de- defense is like the Broncos, much like the Niners, pass rush, good linebackers, uh, uh, you know, corners that are okay, you know, safety that's phenomenal for the Broncos. 
You know, Jared Goff has never really fared very well against the Niners. Go look it up. He didn't didn't go so well over there. I don't think this is going to go too well for him. But I like Dan Campbell. I like the Lions. Honestly, I kind of want him to win out just because it'd be cool to see the Lions win like wouldn't be cool to see like Lions win like four games or something. All of a sudden they don't get the number one pick. I don't know if that'd be good for them though. Aiden looks like pretty good. Although I don't want anybody to go to Detroit. But Dan Campbell, maybe he's turning things around. Lions, Broncos, not a great late game, but honestly, you never know. This one could be pretty good here. And I hope I hope it is. Maybe Jared Goff gets his ass eight. I'm not sure. Let's go Giants at the Chargers. I don't know really know what to expect out of this one. I, I, I don't think Dan, – well, Daniel Jones I know is not playing. They're starting Jake Fromm at the Chargers, who now Mike Williams, Keenan Allen are on the COVID list. Looks like Mike Williams has a chance to play. Keenan Allen is very doubtful, uh, very questionable that he's going to be able to play in this game. I don't think it matters, though. Now, the Giants are going to be – they're going to fight hard because Joe Judge is a, is a, is a fight kind of guy, physical fight kind of guy. And they're going to fight, but this Chargers team is just so much better than this Giants team. And they cannot lose this football game at home. There is no way you lose this football game to Jake Fromm at home. You don't. If you do, pack your bags. You're not winning the division. You're not going to the playoffs. And if you do, you don't deserve to be there. You'll probably get your ass beat in the first round. So this Chargers, Brandon Staley, tighten it up. Tighten it up this week. God, my allergies are just killing me this morning. Tighten it up. Uh, Niners and Bengals, here we go. This, These last... These last I guess I want to. I guess I'll say three out of the four games we're going to talk about because the Sunday night game. I don't know how much appeal that has on paper. It's got appeal, but right now it doesn't. But the three out of the four, we're going to start with the Niners Bengals in Cincinnati. This is a must for both. A must. Bengals win this game, and they really have a great shot. Especially what happens. Steelers lost, right? So it's it's what happens in that Ravens Browns game could be huge. Let's say the Browns get a win. Now the Browns are, well, they'd still be two games back behind the Bengals, maybe two and a half. But that would put the Bengals and the Ravens right there. And that's that's where you want to be. That is where you want to be. But Joe Burrow has the finger. Uh, he says he's okay, but it's still on his throwing finger. It's his pinky. So uh, I think, I've, you know, it's not like a Russell Wilson situation or anything. But the Bengals are coming in here. They're I mean, not coming. The Bengals are at home. They haven't, other than, I mean, they, they molly whopped the Steelers a few weeks ago. But if you look at like their last five weeks, if we kind of take that game out of it, they've been a little up and down. They've been a little hit and miss. They haven't really been very consistent. They need to get back to the – like Joe Mixon in the last three games, they've really got back to the run game, and they, he's been killing it. I think they need to do that here again. And I know the Niners are a hard team to run on, but if you can run and set up that play action, there is not a soul on this defense that can cover Jamar Chase. There is not a soul on this defense that can cover T. Higgins and not a soul in this defense that can cover Tyler Boyd. You pound him with the run. You hit him with the play action. You let Joey B be Joey B. You let Jamar Chase get open. No one can do it. Now, flip side, Kyle, you need to be better than last week because you were fucking horrible. Your special teams, the worst in the league. Your quarterback, he sucks. Okay, you need to be better because you cannot, you cannot even play remotely close to what you did last week against the Seahawks. You play like that against the Bengals, guess what? You're going to end up like the Steelers, and it's going to be 41 to nothing before you know it. You can't do that. This is a real football team. This is not the Seattle Seahawks. This is a real football team this year. Kyle, you need to show me your nuts, Kyle. 
Remember, remember, Kyle, when you traded all the way from 12 to 3? Remember when you put your San Francisco nuts on the table? It's time again, Kyle. Whip those bad boys out. Get yourself a Modelo like you like. Put them on the table. Get this game plan going and beat the shit out of the Bengals at home. That's what you need. Whip those nuts out. Come on, Kyle. I'm waiting for them. Bills at the Bucks. Last late game of the day before we get into the Sunday, Monday night. Bills at the Bucks. A fiery game here, folks. I mean, a fi- the Bills are trending in the negative way very fast. The Buccaneers are very positive. Two completely different trending teams. If I told you that Buffalo was going into Tampa Bay, and I would tell you all, like week 14, and Buffalo was fighting to keep alive in the playoff hunt, they're not, it's not like they're fighting to keep their division alive. No, they're fighting to keep in the playoffs. Because if they lose this game, they would be seven and five, and their chance they could get knocked out of the playoffs. And if the Steelers would have won last night and the Bills would have lost, they would be knocked out of the playoffs. The Steelers would have hopped them. They would have hopped them. That's the Bills need a win here. But you're going into Tampa to face a very very hot Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady right now. Clearly, clearly. The lead, the league leaguer in the MVP. I mean, Tom Brady, 36 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. He's leading. It's it's not even close. Go to any sports book. It's not even close. The next person is Aaron Rodgers. And I think Aaron Rice, I think Tom is plus one 150. Aaron's like plus 400. It's not even close. Josh Allen now is like plus 1,000. Not even close. So now you got to come in. The Bucs are starting to play defense. They're getting healthy. Their offensive line looks good. They're running the ball really well. Gronk is back. Tom, Brady's throwing the ball well. How do the Bills beat this team? From what I've witnessed the Bills the last couple of weeks, I can't even fathom them beating this team. Oh, wait, that's right. They do have number 17. And when you got number 17, you're going to be able to win fucking football games in this league. Now, the, the Bills need to, need to tighten up that run defense because you know that Brady watched film all week long on how you just got destroyed last week how the Patriots literally bent you over and just gave it to you at midfield they he's been watching all that he knows he knows your audibles he knows your checks he knows what the rookies tendencies are he knows the veterans tendencies he knows everything so you better be ready Dayball you better be ready McDermott you guys better be ready on both sides of the football because you have a huge test this week and the Bills lose this game honestly they lose this game to me they're done to me, I, like that doesn't mean they can't make the playoffs, but they're done. They are not a contender for me because you don't go back-to-back weeks, and especially if they get their ass kicked again, you, you, won't, you won't be a contender. Let's go, Buffalo. Get this shit going. You got the defending world champions. Show why you should be in the AFC. Show why you should be in the Super Bowl. Show me why I should stop talking shit about you, Buffalo. I hate talking shit about you, but you suck right now. You really, really do. You really suck. All right, let's go Sunday night football game. Not much here, folks. I mean, the only thing that's here is Justin Fields and Aaron Rodgers. That's pretty much the only thing that's here. I mean, the game's in Lambeau Field. That's positive for the Packers on a Sunday night in December. Positive for the Packers. How do the Bears win this football game? They can't. They're not going to win this football game. You know, the, the, when Aaron when Aaron was in Chicago, it was close for what two and a half quarters, and then he started, and then he said he owned you, and it was over. You know, I own you. He owns you. He does. So, I mean, Bears fans, you know, get ready for this game. I hope you have a great Sunday of football. Win some bets. That's my advice to any Bears fan that's listening right now. Make a little bet 
on Sunday before the night game, win a little money, go ahead and follow my picks, win a little money. That way, when your Bears get beat on Sunday night, you're not that upset because you got a little cash in your pocket. You know, that always, that always, that's my suggestion. Drink. Obviously, you got to drink if you're a Bears fan and get, just make a little cash in your pocket. Follow, follow my bets. Maybe, maybe it'll make a little bit. And last one, last game of the week, Monday night game, clearly the best game of the week. We got the Rams going to Arizona, the face on the division leader, the lead, the, what was it? The winningest team in the NFL right now. We got 10 wins, got the Rams coming in. Rams off of what they played the Jaguars last week. They got right. That was a get right game. That was a, hey, we're playing this team. Let's beat the shit out of them. Let's get right. Let's get focused. Let's run these plays because we got Arizona next week. I mean, Sean McVay knows it. Matt Stafford has got to play better than what he's played because he has not played too good in some primetime spots. His last Monday night game didn't go so well. And uh, this one's in Arizona. Kyler Murray's back. D-Hop's back. We saw what the Cardinals did last week. They looked, you know, I would say the first quarter and a half, maybe two quarters, they looked a little rusty, looked a little sluggish, maybe Kyler getting back into it. Second half was complete, was the Arizona Cardinals. The second half of that football game, the Bears was the Arizona Cardinals, offensively and defensively. And they're ready to roll. Off the bye, hit the ground running, let's go. Got the Rams coming in after we beat the shit out of the Bears, let's go. I think this is a huge game. Cardinals win this game, the division's pretty much locked. The Cardinals win this football game, the division is pretty much locked. The Rams would have to win out and the Cardinals would have to lose out for them to get it. <laughs> it will. I don't even think so because we would have two wins on them. 11 wins, they would be seven and five. So if they, if they, yeah. Okay. So they would have to win out and we would have to lose out. That would be the only way the Cardinals win this football game. The only way the Rams can win this division. So this game is for the division for the Cardinals tonight. This is for the division. This is huge. I, I don't, I can't even remember the last time the Cardinals were in a game like this. We got big spot players though. D hop's got to show up. Kyler's got to show up. The Byron Murphy, Buda Baker, Isaiah Simmons, these guys got to show up. Because this Rams team, everyone's talking shit about this Rams team. How they're not any good. How Stafford's not any good. How McVay's trying to build this team and it's not working. That is a load of shit. I, I am scared every time you play. You should be scared every time you play this team. This team has got, I don't I don't consider Odell Beckham. Even though he did get a touchdown. You know, he's got two touchdowns on that team. But I don't consider him. Cooper Cup. I mean, Henderson in the backfield. Sony Michelle in the backfield. Their offensive line is pretty good. Matt Stafford. I mean, they lost uh, the biggest love. Robert Woods was such a big loss for this team. But defense side of the ball, Jalen Ramsey, Vaughn Miller. I mean, yeah, AD. Come on, folks. This is, we're talk, like, we talk, like, everyone's talking about the Rams. Like, they're the fucking Bears, right? They're the Lions all of a sudden. Like, this team sucks. They don't suck. They have a great coach. And they're a good football team, man. They 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 good football team. The Cardinals got to be ready because the Rams are ready to jump up and bite their ass and get back into this divisional race. And a good win on Monday night at Arizona would do just that. It would put them right there. It put them what they'd still be a game and a half back, but it'd be right there. And they can't get swept. The they, the Rams can't get swept. I mean, they got their ass kicked at home by the Cardinals the last time they played. That can't happen again. Cannot. Slit what a slate of games. I mean, seriously, folks. See, this Sunday, I'd be ready for it. If you are doing something this Sunday, if your girlfriend says she wants to go to brunch, you want to go over to the folks' house, you're going to pick out a Christmas tree, you're going to fucking Target or Macy's, get out of it. Get out of it. Fake being sick. I don't care. Tell her you don't want to go. 
tell whatever, whoever's making your plans, significant other, I don't care. It's a great slate of Sunday, folks. You cannot miss this Sunday. We're talking about just amazing, just good football. Now, first couple of games in the early window, maybe not, maybe not fantastic. You know, science, science, Saints, Jets, Falcons, Panthers, Hawks, Texans. But then it gets, it spices up, it spices up. All right. So listen, if you got something else going on, just don't do it. Just don't do it. If you get, if you got to work, don't go. Just don't. Who cares? You call in. Hey, watch football. Cause this is what you got to do. Watch football and follow my bets. Speaking of bets, let's get in it. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Bets of the week. We are, you know what? Not bad last week. Absolutely horrible in the college picks, except for Alabama and uh, Nick Saban with the Crimson Dead. Roll Tide, baby. Roll Tide. The I think the only college one I got right. I was absolutely raked over the coals uh, on college football last weekend and championship Saturday. But in the NFL, not too shabby. Uh, one, one, some good, one, one good money this week, one good money last week. I definitely did. And you know, that Monday night game helped for sure. Pretty much wanted all back. Uh, so we're 23, 16 and one on the season. Listen, folks, I mean, we're two and one the last two weeks after going two weeks before that we were one and three and one and two. We hop back in the winning saddle. That's what you do when you ride the wave here. You hop. Eventually we are going to hop back in the winning saddle. That's just how it goes here. So I got a couple plays this week. It is the year of the underdog, folks. I don't know if you've noticed it, but uh, underdogs are covering left and right. It's mostly because the Lions have freaking covered every week, to be honest, and the Texans have covered a lot. But this year, underdogs have covered more than I I can remember. So I got two underdogs in this week's bet of the week. We're going to start it off right here, right now. And we're going to start off with the Washington football team getting four and a half. This, honestly, is a value bet and also a little bit of just a gut feel. I think Washington has a chance to win this game outright, but I'm going to take the four and a half. I don't trust necessarily what Mike McCarthy has got the Cowboys doing at this current moment. I don't trust that their defense is physical. I think Mika Parsons is physical. I think Randy Gregory can be physical at times, but I think they're, I think they're mostly flash. When I think of the, when I look at the Dallas Cowboys, it honestly gives me some of their 90 Cowboys vibes. Just pure flashness, just how flashy they were. Those that Cowboys team was flashy. They were glitz and they were glam. They were Michael Irvin wearing chains. They were Emmett Smith talking shit. They they just they were glitz and glams. And they won't but the difference between that Cowboys team and this Cowboys team, one, their coach was a fucking badass. Jimmy Johnson is a badass, folks. He is. Mike McCarthy, he's a sponge. He's a soft, little, pudgy, doughboy sponge. All right? He's not a badass. He, I, I, don't, I don't get any badass vibes. I don't get any hard toughness. Who is, is Dan Quinn being, bringing that? No. Did we see that in Atlanta? No. You know what we see in Washington? They're going to punch you in the freaking mouth, man. Heineke's not afraid to take his helmet off and beat the shit out of you with it. Like, this team is for this team is ferocious. Their defense, and if, if they had Chase Young, I can't even imagine what this team would be doing right now. Honestly, they're doing this without Chase Young. It's, it's fantastic. Give me the four and a half for the Washington football team against the glitz and the glam of the Cowgirls. Give it to me. Four and a half, I'm taking it. I'm also taking another dog here. Could not believe. I And this is, I, I, I said this on my Saturday pod, the gambling pod that I released. When you are looking at your bets, folks, please, 
look at the look-ahead line from the week before. When the lines come out the week before, the Vegas sets the odds of the game. Look at that. Look and see what Vegas thought before Sunday happens. Because that's when you get so much value. And this is the biggest value of the weekend. We are in Cincinnati, and they are a a one-and-a-half-point underdog to the San Francisco 49ers. After the 49ers just lost to the Seahawks, just because of how Cincinnati lost, folks, this is what I'm talking about. We are in Cincinnati. Joe Burrow's going to play. Mixon, he's going to play. Jamar, he's going to play. What are we doing? This is this is sometimes you got to get on a line that's just it, they overreacted. They overreacted from the week before. That's why it's good to look at the look ahead. You know what the look ahead was for this? Bengals minus three. Bengals minus three last week was what this line was. It is now Bengals plus one and a half. This is this is yummy. I mean, like like Nick Saban eating the rat poison yummy. And if none of you know what that means, go watch his post-game press conference after he beat the shit out of Georgia, baby. Roll Tide. Cincinnati, give me the one and a half. This is this is cake. I, I feel like I'm actually going to be stealing money from Kyle Shanahan's pocket this weekend. I really do. And the only, the only favorite I'm going to take, and I haven't taken, I don't think I've taken this team, I don't think since week two. I think week two or three was the last time I took this team in almost any fashion. But give me the Cleveland Browns at home to win by a field goal. I'm going to swallow the two and a half. I'm going to take the field goal win here by the Cleveland Browns over the Ravens. I think the Ravens, like I said before, I don't think the Ravens are a great team. They're very banged up now. Marlon Humph- No Marlon Humphreys. They're, they're, they're set, and it's not like Baker's going to kill you. I just talked about how average he was. I just went on this rant about how average Baker Mayfield is. You know who's not average? Nick Chubb. You know who else is not average? Pretty much everybody on that offensive line. Kareem Hunt. These guys aren't average. These are superstars. And I don't like what the Ravens' run defense looks like right now. And I like Nick Chubb at home in what should be a cold Cleveland day. You know, it's an early, it's 11 o'clock. No, it's, I guess it's, what time is it in Cleveland? Uh, 12 o'clock in Cleveland when they kick off? 1 o'clock? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Who knows? It's in Cleveland. Why do you know? You only know if you live in Cleveland. Why do you live in Cleveland? But I think, give me Cleveland. Give me the Browns. Give me some Baker Mayfield. Mostly, give me a lot of Nick Chubb field goal win here. I think Jeremiah Wusu-Koamoa makes a play on Lamar. I think he's a stud. He's really the only one that can make a play on him in space. If Lamar gets in the middle, tries to get outside, I think they'll spy on him. He could be a spy on him a couple of times. Give me give me the young rookie, JOK, to make a play. Give me the veteran Nick Chubb in the end zone a couple of times. Give me the Cleveland Brown with a field goal win. There we go, folks. That, that There we have it. Give me Washington plus four and a half against the Cowgirls that are flashy right now. Give me the unbelievable Cincinnati Bengals one and a half point underdog at home. At home against Jimmy Garoppolo? That's nuts. Give me that. And give me and let me eat the points for the Cleveland Browns. They'll win, they'll beat the Ravens by a field goal. I love it. Give me that two and a half. There it is, folks. There it is. You heard it here first. And I think that's gonna go ahead and wrap it up the show. Uh, fantastic. That's going to go ahead and do it for me. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Um, again, my heart goes out to DT and his families, a family, uh, you know, and, and all his teammates, but everybody have a great weekend. Enjoy some football, great slate of games. If you can just get out of whatever you're doing on Sunday, don't go to work. Don't, 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 you know, if your girlfriend asks, you know, come over and hang out, just say no, just say no. It's okay to say no every once in a while. 
Just say no, I want to watch football, babe. I'm sorry, but I need my football time. I'm following Breaking the Goal Lines bets, and I need to win money. Folks, have a great one. I'll talk to you all next week. Peace.